Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Good to have you back. This is Podcast 276. Kurt Mortensen here. Hope you're having a good week and you're achieving those goals. You're maximizing your influence. You're getting other people to want to do what you want them to do and like doing it. It's been a webinar week for me. I did about almost 20 hours of webinars this week. I stacked them on top of each other. In fact, if you want me to do a webinar for your team, let me know at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Or find us at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Everything you need is there from the archives to taking your Persuasion IQ test to understanding more about persuasion, motivation, influence, and your favorite, self-persuasion. We've got some listener email today and, of course, a blinja, which is a blunder and a ninja. Let's hear the blinja sound. Now, the lesson with this one is that when everything goes right, the first two or three things go right. Let's say you go to a hotel. The first two, three, four, five things go right. You look for everything that goes right, but the first two, three, four things go wrong. You're looking for everything that's going to go wrong. So this was probably more of a ninja than a blunder. I pulled up to a restaurant to get a sandwich, drive through. They were friendly, good recommendations. The audio was good. They were easy to understand. I don't know. How a lot of these restaurants stay in business, you have no idea what they're saying. And that continued at the window, paid, everything was cordial. Then he says, hey, you want to buy some day-old bread? <laughs> Where's that coming from? Why? I mean, no. To me, it was a bad subconscious trigger. It just didn't feel right. Day-old bread? Why are you offering me day-old bread? I'm getting a fresh sandwich here. Is it not fresh? Right? Planted that objection. That was the blunder part. But I loved the very end when they saved themselves. They said, all right. Thanks so much. Very polite, very cordial, and said, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Great presupposition. Planted the seed for me to go back. So a little bit of both. Kind of a strange thing. Mostly good, but that one little piece just kind of threw me off to where, what am I going to do with day-old bread? Why are you selling day-old bread? And of course, you have blunders or ninjas. Send them in, and if you're featured on the show or read your email on the show, you get a free subscription to InfluenceUniversity.com. Oh, boy. That would be Robert this week from Nevada. Says, Kurt, love the podcast, and I love the law of connectivity. Listeners, that's one of the 12 laws of persuasion and maximum influence. I am learning how to connect, make more friends, build rapport, and be more persuasive. I'm sending this article from Business Insider about ways to get people to like you immediately. I want to get your feedback, your thoughts, and if you agree or disagree with these points. Let me know. I'd love to hear your opinion. This is the Business Insider, 16 Psychological Tricks to Make People Like You Immediately. I'll put the link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Let's go through these and some of these we've talked about on the show. The first one is to copy the person you're with. They call it mirroring or mimicking. It's also called isopraxism or the chameleon effect, where you try copying someone's body language or gestures or facial expressions where it's under the radar. It actually creates a connection. You're just accelerating what's going to happen naturally. In fact, they did a research with 72 men and women. They were working on a task with a partner, and they started to mirror the other participants' behavior, and others didn't. And at the end of the interaction, the researchers had participants indicate how much they liked their partners. As you know, the ones that were mirrored were more liked. 
So this is real. I'll add a few things to that. Another study, college professor went to different restaurants, started mirror people as they were eating. And, and ultimately, the person would come over and say, do I know you? You seem very familiar to me. It works. And I'd also add energy to this list. That's one thing that's missed here in the article is energy, mirroring people's energy and bringing it up. But if you start too high and they're really low, right, Monday morning, haven't had their coffee, you're all enthusiastic and they're not, that could be a disconnect. So chameleon effect, isopraxis, a mirror and matching, mimicking, whatever you want to call it, it's real. Now, it all has to be under the radar. They touch your face, you touch your face. They lean back, you lean back. Exact same time. It's going to be on the radar, and it will not be effective. So I'm saying yes on that one. Number two, spend more time with the people you're hoping to befriend. They call it the mere exposure effect. People tend to like each other who they're familiar with. That's who they date. That's who they hang out with, who they work with. That's just how we are. Study done at University of Pittsburgh, where I had four women pose as students in a university psychology class. Each one of these women showed up in class a different number of times. And when experimenters showed the male students pictures of the four women, the men demonstrated a greater affinity for those women they'd seen more often in class, even though they had never interacted with them. That's true. The more familiar you can get around somebody, it just even if you don't talk to them, you're just around more. If you want to connect with somebody, you just go to the lunchroom 10 minutes earlier than just being in the same meetings, the same room, being around on the same floor, there's more of a connection there. In local elections, party aside, the number one factor of victory is going to be the number of signs, that exposure. If I show you Chinese symbols and one I keep showing you a little bit more than the others and I ask you later, which one did you like the best? It's the one you've seen the most. So that is true. Number three, compliment other people. Well, yeah, duh, we need to do that. We need to do it more. They call it spontaneous trait transference. There's a study published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology found that this effect occurred even when people knew certain traits didn't describe the people who they were talking about. Basically, whatever you say about other people influences how people see you. So compliments go a long way. We know that. We need to do it more. Research does show that even when it's not real, it still tends to work. It's called ingradiation. And... Bottom line, praise costs you nothing. It costs you not to do it. Learning how to compliment, learning how to praise is important. So, Robert, let me add this. Knowing how to praise is critical. Here's the formula. Make sure it's something positive. <laughs> You're still here. We thought you'd be fired. You're still alive. We thought you'd have a heart attack by now. Probably not your best forms of praise. It needs to be something positive. It needs to be something sincere. Works a lot better. And the most important one is something they can't refute. Something specific. Don't say great job today, be specific, how they handle the phone call, how they turn something around, how they close the big sale. Whatever it is, you have to be specific. But it's real. People like you. Wow, do they like you when you've learned how to praise. Number four, try to display positive emotions. First of all, I would take out the try. Do display positive emotions. Emotions are contagious. There was a study done at Ohio University and the University of Hawaii and they found that people can unconsciously feel the emotions of those around them. Because we tend to mirror their movements, their facial expressions. And if something's wrong with them, that could get transferred to you. So being in the right state is something you always have to do, especially when you're in influence mode. If you're eating and you don't care and it's not important, then it doesn't matter. But if you're getting in influence mode, You've got to be in the right state, have the right emotion, because you're going to transfer that emotion, positive or negative. 
Number five, be warm and competent. They say there's a study done at Princeton University where they proposed a theory that people judge others based on their warmth and competence. So I'm with that. I mean, warm, if you consider that being friendly, you're warm, you're friendly. I'd add optimistic to that, to when you're optimistic that you're not sucking the life out of people and you're not repelling people. Obviously, it's a way to make friends instantly. Harvard psychologist Amy Cuddy says it's important to demonstrate warmth first, then competence, especially in business settings. Well, Robert, I'm not sure on this one. We want to be warm. We want to be competent. But I'm not sure that we have to be warm right away. I mean, we don't want to be rude. Some people want to make sure there's a reason you're there to build the trust first before you start getting warm and friendly. And that's a big complaint, getting too friendly too fast, trying to talk about the fish on the wall or the trophy or that gushy chit-chat that some people don't like. Now, I'd say most people, the studies do show, being warm then competent is important, but then there's another percent that wants to respond, make sure you're, you're the expert, there's authority. There's another percent that wants to build trust, and so we need to adapt to the audience. So if you're not quite sure where you need to go, be warm and competent, but understand some people do not want to be, you to be warm and friendly till they know there's a reason for you to be there, that you're the expert, and they can trust you. Number six, reveal your flaws from time to time. I'd say yes. They call it the pratfall effect. People like you more after you made a mistake. And I can see that as a professional presenter, a speaker, falling off the stage, taking a drink of water, going down the wrong pipe and spraying the front row, tripping on the stage, going to the bathroom with my mic on, having my fly down. I've done it all. And I think there's a certain connection when people know you're real and you're human. So this study at the University of Minnesota, they had people listening to tape recordings of people taking a quiz. And when people did well in the quiz but spilled coffee at the end of the interview, the students rated them higher on likability than when they did well in the quiz and didn't spill coffee. I think the big thing here is you own up to it, you laugh with yourself, you don't get all upset, you don't start throwing profanity around. It's how you handle this. But definitely, when there's a minor mistake, it does increase likability. In trust, building credibility, sometimes revealing a minor weakness about you, your company, your product, your service, maybe how long it's going to take, if you can reveal a minor weakness and turn that into a strength, it actually increases trust and credibility because when you come across as too good to be true, even though it is true, it's not true to them. Number seven, emphasize shared values. Study done by Theodore Newcomb says people are more attracted to those who are similar to them. It's called the similarity attraction effect. Study done at the University of Virginia and Washington University found out that Air Force recruits liked each other more when they had a similar negative personality traits than when they shared positive ones. So it goes both ways. Both negative and positive personality traits can attract people. Similarity. We like people that are like us. That's what sparks a relationship. We've talked about that before. You can't have a relationship until you find something in common, anything in common. Even as, okay, we're both human, we both breathe air. You might need to stretch a little bit, but you can find a TV show, a sport. They both have children, the university you went to. You got to be careful with religion and politics, but they can bond. They can repel too. And that's the key thing I want to add to this, that as you're trying to find those similarities, you might find things that repel you more than attract you. So make sure you've done your research, maybe a little Facebook stalking or asking their colleagues, find things in common. That's what sparks relationship. Uh-oh, next one, casually touch them. <laughs> Subliminal touching. Touching their arm or maybe their back. There is a connection there now, but you got to be really careful of this. We're not talking about the football butt slap 
or other places where you could touch people. But if they're a touching person, you got that type of relationship, yeah, there's a connection there. But again, it can repel. There was a French study where young men stood on a street corner and talked to women who walked by. But the men doubled their success in striking a conversation when they lightly touched the woman's arms as they talked to them instead of doing nothing at all. University of Mississippi studies showed that interpersonal touch at a restaurant helped tipping. The waitress was touch on the hand or the shoulder as they were returning change. I know another study I saw was librarians who touched on the hand got better valuations. People shopping for clothes who got touched shopped longer, bought more. I mean, we can go a long time on this one, but touch is real. And we've talked about handshakes before on the show. That's touch. Careful, bad handshake sets you back one hour in building rapport. So I'm going to add to this one. I mean, negative touch can repel, a bad handshake repel, but a good touch. When they're the type of person who likes to be touched, because there are people out there that you just don't want to be touched, they don't want to be hugged, be careful that that could have the opposite effect. Number nine, smile. Yeah, we know that one. A University of Wyoming study took pictures of people in four poses. Smiling in an open body position, smiling in a closed body position, not smiling in open body, and not smiling in a closed body position. The results showed the students in the photo were most like that were smiling regardless of body position. Stanford University did one with avatars, and people felt more positively about the interaction when the avatar displayed a bigger smile. Interesting. We know in customer service, when people smile over the phone, it changes the interaction. In retail, it increases sales 20% just by smiling. Now, it varies by culture, by personality. Be careful, but a smile can be very helpful. Number 10, see the other person how they want to be seen, known as self-verification theory. We all seek confirmation of our views, positive or negative. Now, research on this shows that when people's beliefs about us line up with our own beliefs, our relationship with them flows more smoothly. Probably because we feel understood, and that's part of the connection. I'm going to add here, got to be careful with this one, if they have this positive belief or negative belief about themselves that they know deep down is not real and you're supporting that habit, that belief that could repel the relationship and damage it long term. Because a true friend, of course, is going to call you out on some of these things that you believe that aren't true. Maybe not for the short term, but long term, you're going to be very careful with this one. Number 11, tell them a secret. Yeah, that's a reciprocity thing. So a study done by State University of New York College students were paired off and told to spend 45 minutes getting to know each other. So they gave them some questions and some things to ask. But they found when they started asking personal questions, revealing some secrets, they started to feel much closer to each other. Well, that's true, but it's not going to be an instant connection. You're not going to start telling secrets to people you don't know you're meeting for the first time. So as you progress the relationship, yes, telling a secret can be helpful. There's a connection. There's a reciprocity thing there because they're going to feel more obligated to tell you a secret and there's power in secrets sometimes negative power one study i read was the university of chicago law school where you know they were doing mock trials and when the judge said oh disregard that jury don't disregard that information no that secret it actually gave it more value 12 show that you can keep secrets too well yeah hello that's a trust thing someone's telling you a secret and they know you're not keeping the secret i'm gonna say okay yeah but again, that's not a short-term thing. That's going to be a long-term thing. But that would damage a relationship, the long-term relationship, because there's no trust. Number 13, we've talked about this one. Display a sense of humor. 
Research from Illinois State University and California State University found that regardless of whether people were thinking about their ideal friend or romantic partner, a sense of humor was really important. We've talked about this. Now, i got to add to this. With humor, they're either going to laugh with you or feel sorry for you. It's got to be good, relevant, non-offensive humor. And it's got to be humor that you've practiced. Because I know you've heard a joke before you laughed and you tried to tell it and fell on your face. Okay, You've got to practice your humor. Again, relevant, non-offensive, it's got to work. Because it can really repel people fast. But if you can get them to laugh or smile, there's a connection there. People like you better if a sense of humor. They accept your ideas more. They're easier to influence. So yes, humor done in the right way can be a great connection. Number 14, let them talk about themselves. Yeah, listening. We've talked about that one. Harvard found that when you get people to talk about themselves, it's rewarding internally, just like food and money. MRIs show that when people are talking about themselves, it's rewarding them. So basically here, letting someone share a story or two about their life instead of you talking increases the connection. And number 15, be vulnerable. University of San Francisco says that emotional openness or lack of it can explain why two people do or don't click. So if you're vulnerable or you're opening yourself up to emotional exposure, there can be a connection there. Wow. Uh, Robert, on that one, I'm going to say maybe, not all the time. Be very careful. Because if you're accepted as the authority or the expert, there's a time and place for this to have a few weaknesses, to admit your mistakes, but there could be times that this could really backfire on you. If you're revealing something that damages trust, damages credibility, that damages your authority position or your expertise, careful. I'd say most of the time, no, especially short-term. Now, obviously, long-term, sharing secrets, being vulnerable and helpful, but we're talking about instantly connecting with people. And number 16, Act like you like them. So it was a study done at the University of Waterloo in Manitoba. And this research found that when people expect people to accept us, we act warmer towards them, which increases the chances they're going to like us. Again, another reciprocity thing. I don't know if I like the terminology act. I mean, genuinely like them. Find something you like about them. Find a commonality, a similarity, some things that we talked about already. So I'm going to say no on this one. I mean, you want to be friendly. I would say replace it with good old-fashioned people skills and get them to really like you. Because when people like you, influence becomes easy. That's why this is such an important article. But for the most part, Robert, great article. Glad you sent it. You get free membership to InfluenceUniversity.com, home of our advanced training. That's my two cents, my feedback, my opinion. Some great studies in there to help you understand how to get people to like you. Because when they like you, and trust you, influence becomes easy. So take a few of these, start working on them. Always work on your people skills, getting people to like you, building that rapport. It's a key factor of the law of connectivity. So master these skills, build the rapport, work on those people skills, and go out and persuade with power.